What's up, Familia? I'm the Uncanny Dayspring. And I'm the I Haven't Thought of an Intro Ladbarian Lad. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe, Lat Lad, I don't know why I just called you Lat Lad, that we are at the end of 2023. Yeah, do you know what? I remember being like, it must have been the very first days of Jan 2023. I was back in Montreal in my parents' basement. We were on a Zoom chatting just killing time you're like you should make an instagram account like for your cosplay like how far we've come in an entire year and i love that you actually did make this cosplay account and everyone always dms me when you post photos of you as cyclops or bullseye in your speedo and they're just like oh my god have you seen how hot this cosplayer is i'm like yeah duh, that's like my best friend you, yeah you've seen more than enough of it on, uh, yeah, me just sending you messages. And... Bitch, I approved those photos. Exactly. Welcome, internet. Uh, that's it. Of all the ones I post, you get all the, like, the dead ones being like, is this a good angle? Is this okay? Well, I mean, you look beautiful at every angle, so I wouldn't think twice about it. But... 2023 is at its end and we're looking forward to 2024, and that's what this episode's gonna be. We're gonna talk about some of our... Hmm, how do I want to phrase this? Our hopes for 2024 because 2023 has kind of been a hit or miss in my opinion yeah I'd, there's some highs there's some really good things if you look back i mean new york comic-con was a oh, really good one yeah. really i love new memory. york comic-con it was so much fun we had almost the entire team there flink likes to remind us that he wasn't there but me you scott michelle and hammy together irl it was so much fun and such funny stories Mm. I mean, we've got an iconic moment of <laughs> drinking too much at Arcade Bar in the aftermath of that. What? We drinking too much? I have no idea what you're talking about, sir. So what are you talking about? Is that is that for a different episode? Yes. Um, You know, when I think of 2023, and we're going to talk with Scott about sort of the highlights of X-Men Marvel in 2023. The one thing that comes to mind that I think was a slam dunk the entire way was Mafex Storm. I think that figure was absolutely lovely. I think cons in general were really fun this year. I have to tell you, I'm not a con person. I wasn't a con person before doing Power of X-Men, but we start getting media presses and passes, and then we're invited to do a lot of these things. And I'm like, sure, why not? I'll show up. I mean, it's a free ticket, so I'm here for it. So I've really enjoyed doing cons and kind of going outside of my normal fandom and doing them and i think i didn't, I didn't really like the comics to be honest though i wasn't a big fan no, of the comics i think if we look back at 2023 from a marvel both like mcu and the comic side of things it probably was not the best year we've ever had hence mm -mm. why we're having high hopes for 2024 um mm -hmm. but given that marvel especially the mcu doesn't have a ton coming out next year no. The list is scattered with some non-Marvel IP, I which know. is some general, some general geek stuff that we are definitely looking forward to. So it's, it's kind of a wide-ranging list of random movies, TV shows, geek events, things like that. Right. I think there was a lot in 2023 that was, in theory, in terms of larger geek culture, that was a lot of fun. Like, we got a new Zelda, we got lots of Mario announcements, we had the Mario movie... We've, you know, we we had some really great Marvel Legends, but I think 2024 equally has some like really exciting things, and I'm excited for this list. Shall we dive yeah. into it? Number ten is one that we both have on both of our lists, 
which is WonderCon coming ah! up at the end of March. Um, yes. Which you got to go to this year. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. We're still in 2023 as of this recording. Yeah, I did go to WonderCon this last year. And I have to tell you, it was a lot of fun. I went with Namor Cosplay and my husband. And we shared a room with Namor. And, and, and we saw him get ready at like 6 a.m., which was hysterical. Oh, yeah, the body paint, wasn't it? Did you do Colossus? He did Colossus and Ronin, but that boy is committed to to his cosplay work. So he's waking up at like six in the morning and he's getting ready. And it's it, it was a lot of fun to partake in that. WonderCon is very much a cosplayer con. I'm really hoping for 2024. So we've got on the list. As of now, the plan is for both of us to go. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is it is quite far from Europe, so things can happen between now and March. But the plan is to go and get to meet and see all these amazing cosplayers and people in the community that um we often get to interact with online and through Instagram and stuff, but never in real life. So I think it's you know, from what I've heard, a lot of people are going. So I think it's gonna be, yeah, some some exciting times and hopefully create some funny anecdotes for the podcast. Yeah, there's there's so many cosplayers. It's a lot of West Coast cosplayers that go. And I know Scott obviously wants to go as well. I can't remember if Hammy wants to come. I don't this think year. he's coming. He can't he can't make it. Yeah. Luigi Luigi didn't go last year. I have to tell you though, every time I try to hang out with Luigi, he's always out of town. Every time I drag LA, him, drag him on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like this bitch is always out of town. Jason, nerd alert Jason is there and he was strife last year and he had a little canister with the legacy virus jason always brings it though i think but you know what? So, so here's the problem sorry to cut you off is like like you said it's a cosplayer con and you've got people like nerd alert you've got people like namor cosplay that are like real cosplayers that actually like build their things i mean yeah. waking up at six to have body paint like it's a bit intimidating versus somebody who's like me that's just like i'll just throw on like a spandex bodysuit <laughs> with like a few accessories that like i didn't i didn't even sew a single button on do you know what i mean but no yeah i don't want to spoil what you're thinking wait are we allowed to talk about what you're thinking of doing have you announced that yeah, publicly course, yeah absolutely. so you you want to be marvell and that yeah. to me is perfect you you you're such a great cyclops you're a wonderful bullseye but i think in terms of character appearances like if i had to put you in a comic i think marvell and cyclops are the two characters i would say that you look the most like i'm hoping but to the so here's the issue i kind of like started researching all the pieces but i haven't actually now like done it and gone through with it and now like the time is ticking right and like you know i've got to get everything before march when we we'd head over so um, that's the plan as of now, as of the 29th of December. That is the plan. And wait, wait, wait. You know who else is going? Amanda Martini. Oh, Amanda Martini. God, yes. yes. And she, I, I don't want to spoil any of these. I, it's so funny because I'm, I still feel so new to the cosplayer culture. So you're not supposed to spoil looks, but I know she, and like, obviously Michelle's going to be there. Michelle's like queen of all the cons. So Michelle's going to be there. And some other people are like planning a, a group costume and i think that's going to be so much fun i would i cannot wait to see demanda and i cannot wait for you to meet demanda yeah that, again exactly like somebody that you know you speak with quite a bit online and then um you know you kind of create this friendship and then you realize like oh you've never actually met in real life so uh wondercon top of the list something we're definitely looking forward to so looking forward to wondercon i have to put in press for that yeah, you need to do that because I actually haven't gotten tickets yet. Oh, and we want to actually pitch a panel as well. Damn it. And the deadline's coming up. Fuck, fuck, fuck. 
Okay. Anyways, number nine, we differ on this. So we do we have different things. Yeah, we have different things on our list. Mine is going to be Marvel Legends for 2024 because we have the Wolverine 50th anniversary legends that are releasing. We have Lady Mandarin, aka Lady Psylocke, which looks incredible. I know Flink and I kind of were talking about this coming in 2024 for Wolverine's 50th anniversary. And I think these legends look so good. Like the digital printing Hasbro's doing on these legends looks so great. And obviously, I really want that angel, that X Factor angel. You would also do a very good X Factor angel. I have, a, um, I have a very strict policy against doing wings and costumes. Thank you, because it's such a trope for our people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Like any, yeah, any gay at a effing Halloween party that's an angel or a devil with huge wings and you're in a club and you're trying to spin around and you're hitting people and you're knocking drinks out of the way. No, thank you. So that I- and masks that cover your mouth that like that you can't drink. Um, yeah, they're nose for mean costumes. I remember being 19. I was obsessed with the Boz Lerman Romeo and Juliet movie. I wanted to be Juliet, and of course, Claire Danes, and that has wings. And I would wear those wings at 19 to go party shirtless at Coliseum here in South Florida on whatever drugs. It it's was very party monster. Yeah. Oh my God. What a time to be alive. Anyways, okay. Okay. Sidebar. That, that, that is a tangent. No, Marvel Legends Angel looks really great, but what I'm most excited for are the X-Men 97 Wave 2 figures, which we did mention in the Marvel Legends episode. I think in, in terms of 2024, this is my most anticipated wave. I am so excited for this. We're getting a Madeline Pryor final. No. With the baby, which I know everyone's like, oh, we can't talk about the baby because we don't know the baby sex. I think it's so clearly Cable. I mean, it's fine if it turns out to be Rachel, but I think it's so obviously Cable. So I'm going to say baby Cable. So Madeline with a baby Cable, a gene, a, like a, a 90s gene from the animated series with uh, with a ponytail head and her hair out. So excited. And again, I think the one with the hair out is going to be Madeline Pryor. So I think we're getting two Madeline Pryor figures in this way. I have to say, and you know, I don't, you know, that I collect Marvel Legends. Listening to your guys' episode the other day, like, got me hyped. And I was like, should I start buying Marvel Legends? No, no, don't. I think there was actually something in the episode I cut out. I, because, because Flink had mentioned you about something. Yeah, he's no, he's like, we recorded an episode and he named off people and he named me. And I'm like, that's so sweet that he thinks I was there, but I don't even collect you Marvel weren't Legends. There. Yeah. Okay. So we did make it to the episode, but wait, there was a part because I did cut it out because I was like, oh, I don't think Sean was in that episode because if he was, we would be talking about how he's getting all these figures and gluing them to his IKEA mirror. So, yeah. <laughs> um, no, do not collect Marvel Legends. You cannot super glue a Madeline Pryor action figure to your mirror. That's oh, like that's, blasphemy. That's I'm blasphemy. literally going to buy her and glue her to the mirror. Right. So every time we do a Zoom call, you can see her glued right at like the top corner. <laughs> blasphemy. You're going to have the internet come after you. My number nine is seeing how the Avengers pivots uh, with the news of Kang and the actor and all the drama that happened there. Um, yeah. And while disappointing that it all kind of ended the way it did, and, and you know, quite sad, um, it, I guess, the silver lining, being an optimist, is going like, oh well, now it's going to be something different, right? So that's kind of exciting and new. Um, and as a huge Doctor Doom stan, you go, mm, is this an opportunity for him to come in and be the big bad of the MCU? Which I think um, would be better than Kang, to be honest. But um, 
no, oh, he makes a face. Well, no, it, 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 yo, I agree with it. Well, okay, wait, wait. I have complicated feelings about this. One, yeah. I agree. I think Doctor Doom needs to be the big bad of the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. 100% agree, not disagreeing with you by any means. I don't like him as a last-minute replacement to a Kang story because we've seen what happens when the MCU does things to last-minute and changes courses, and, and they don't really think about the character and have it fleshed out. So that, that makes me nervous. But I think with Kang, with Jonathan Majors, I agree with you, man. Like, talk about, like, a serious misfire on all levels. I, I think the character, I, Kang in the comics, for me, I'm always going to think of him during the Young Avengers run. And I was excited at the prospect of getting like an Iron Lad in the in the MCU because yeah. they're assembling the Young Avengers. But now that we don't have him there, I'm like, man, everything's just like all the potential is going away. But at the same time, I was like, he got his ass kicked yeah. by like Wasp and Ant-Man. He kept dying in the Loki series. I mean, this character is not tough by any means. Jonathan Majors, very, those allegations... The sentencing has come through. Just strictly talking about his acting, I, I thought his acting was great. I think we were getting really good performance. Not an issue with his acting, more of an issue with the direction they were taking the character. And I just think the MCU looks so aimless right now. I'm weary about them just dropping Doom in so haphazardly. Does that make sense? Nope, I know does. I rambled there. I rambled. No, I'm sorry. Absolutely. But here's the thing. You know, next year there's not a lot of movies coming out. I think there's only it's only. Um... Deadpool, right? That's coming out. Um, so it gives them time to kind of regroup, rethink. And I think they're kind of conscious, like given the like quote unquote failures of a lot of the movies and, and TV shows that have come out this year, uh-huh. I think maybe they'll strip back and go like, okay, we need to look back at like what was successful in, in the early phases. Why did it work better? And just pivot to that. So I have faith that they can bring it back um, and around a good temple villain. And, and I agree with you. Like um, Jonathan Majors, the acting was great. The character it's like he just wasn't a threat and unlike thanos where it's like you never saw anybody fight him and then when you saw somebody fight him he kicked the ass of the avengers at the beginning and you know you're like oh it actually feels dangerous whereas kang you're like oh there's another variant killed okay like it's like start stop start stop start stop and then i just i just wasn't hyped anymore for him i agree i just it, it just kind of felt lackluster. It was start, stop, start, stop. And I remember sitting in the movie theater uh, for Quantumania and shout out to Ralph at No More Mutants who, who, who hooked it up with the press screening. And I was just so incredibly disappointed that scene where he dies at the hands of Paul Rudd and the Wasp. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It was just... Again, just a misfire. I think wipe the slate clean, move forward, pivot. I think the rumor right now is, but everything's rumor. I think the rumor right now is the Beyonder. They're going to recast him as a Beyonder for Secret Wars. I can get behind that, finish the story. Maybe if you can get a a more, you know, if bring in another actor, we can forgive what came before, but in terms of the story. But just do the Beyonder. Did you ever read the original Secret Wars? Of course. And you know how Dr. Doom steals his powers. Yes. So you could almost have the Beyonder. You could have Dr. Doom introduced in the Fantastic Four movie, not as the main villain, in the Secret Wars, steals his powers at the end or like partial, like a part of his powers, mm-hmm. and then have him be like the main villain afterwards because he's got like cosmic powers after him. Yeah, I think, you know, I, it's a rumor that they're doing 
I, I'm sure they'll do it like an amalgamation of, but I think the rumor is they want to really lean in on the Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars, which is fine. I mean, it's Doom focused, but I'd rather Doom really get his dues. I mean, listen, let's see what they do with Doom. Let's yeah. see what acting, they, what actor they get, all that stuff. But I agree. I agree with this number nine on your list. I'm curious to see how they're going to pivot. Are they even still going to lean into the Avengers after Secret Wars? Is it just going to be Fantastic Four and X-Men focused? I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it. Same. Same. <laughs> On an X-Men podcast, would we be mad that they pivot <laughs> to the X-Men? That's an, That would be an odd... Yeah. If, if we weren't happy with that, it would be an odd thing. All okay. right. Moving okay. on. Number eight on your side. Mine is a non-Marvel thing. Princess Peach Showtime for the... I was going to say the select. For the Switch! I am so excited to get a Princess Peach game. I haven't played, obviously, a Princess Peach focus game since the Super Princess Peach game on the Nintendo DS. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I have no idea. You didn't have a DS, so you don't look nope. like you were a DS person. I, no. In fairness to me, I don't think I had... I, I forget how I got a Nintendo DS. I probably bought it just so I can play the Princess Peach game. I was obsessed with Princess Peach as a kid. Um, it was a good game. It was fun. I look at back on it retrospectively, and she had a scepter that vibrated, and her powers were emotions. So there was a lot of shortcomings in that game in retrospect, but this new game looks so much fun. It looks like Peach is going to have autonomy. She's going to have different power sets. I'm excited for it. Peach is one of my mains for Smash Brothers. Do you play Smash Brothers? I do play Smash Brothers. Oh my god. We need to, Next time we hang out, we need to do a pizza night and play Smash Brothers. My, is my Peach main, your main? Uh, it, it, Link and Peach and Zelda are my mains. Those are my three mains. How about you? Okay. Captain Falcon, yeah. Samus, and um, Zelda in the ninja form. Okay, so Sheik. Wait. Yeah. Or for Samus, is it Samus or Zero Suit Samus? Samus. The regular <laughs> Samus. One. Regular Samus. Okay. Yeah. You know, my brother does a lot of Samus like fan art. Really? And he does Mega Man. Yeah, he does Mega Man too. He's, he's so brilliant. Shout out to Ryan. Uh, love Mega Man, but he's not very good in Smash Brothers. No, he's not. But anyways, I, I think given the success of the Super Mario movie this year, it has spurred out like all of these like, new games that are coming. I just got Super Mario Wonder and the Super Mario RPG for the Switch. I'm enjoying them so much and I cannot wait for Princess Peach because all I want to do is sit on my sofa have some edibles and, <laughs> and order Papa John's and play video games. That's all I want to do. So what kind of, is, is it like a side scroller, like a, mm -hmm. like a Mario game? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Just, I think just your peach instead. Yeah. I think it's going to be in the, in the same vein as like Luigi's mansion, that kind of thing. It's like peach on her own adventures. So I'm excited for it, but yeah, those that's, that, that's my number eight. What's I was going to say, just to, to close yours off. I really yeah. hope Bowser kidnaps mario and peach is going to save him oh i would love that i think princess peach is such an interesting character she's one of those characters that like i feel never gets the proper development that she deserves but in the mario movie she got it and anya taylor joy just like brought it i mean i love anya taylor joy's magic i was kind of like oh she's gonna be peach how's this gonna work because you know 
Anya Taylor-Joy has a very distinct style that I wouldn't associate with Princess Peach, and she nailed it. Not only did she nail it, but she brought an edge to the character that the character never had. So 100% happy. No, My number eight is also a non-Marvel IP. Let's it see. is the live-action Airbender coming Okay, I know Netflix. nothing about this. You have to explain it. You, explain it to me as have, if I'm an idiot. No, I don't know anything about Airbender or, wow. or any stuff. No, nothing. Familia. This is a learning. This is a learning cancel moment. Me. Cancel me. Cancel me. Okay, so you've never watched Avatar The Last Airbender or Legend of Korra. Okay, so I was confused with Avatar for the longest time because I thought it was the James Cameron movies that people kept talking about, oh. and this was like an animated spinoff or something. But it, I do know Avatar is its own anime, and it coincidentally yeah. shares the name with Avatar, the James Cameron films. Yeah. So Avatar Airbender is in this like, you know, fictional world where um, there are benders that are associated to different elements. So fire, earth, uh, wind and water. So imagine they're like magicians or wizards that can control one element and the avatar can do all four. Okay. And, and the avatar gets reincarnated every like one once one avatar dies, a new one comes and, um, you know, has to master all four elements and da da da. So um, Airbender which is the first one, um, one of the greatest cartoons ever. So, so good. I can't believe you haven't watched it. So this is going to be part of your homework for 2024. <laughs> um, and they made a live action movie years ago that was awful. I'm seeing you know, it here. Oh, wait, I don't yeah. know if this is a new one. Okay, so this is a, this is the anime. <laughs> I'm figuring it out as we're talking of the kid who's bald and has a blue arrow yes, on his head. Exactly. Okay. So, Um, you know, and and so the sequel is Legend of Korra where, um, so in the first one, it's the bald kid who is the avatar. There's a sequel called Legend of Korra where Korra is the next avatar. Both are fantastic. Um, you know, debatable, which one's better. I prefer Airbender. Um, I mean, both are super, super good. Anyway, and they're making a new live action from everything you can see in the trailers and kind of, you know, what I've read, it looks like it's going to be much better than the movie they made. So I am so hyped, and I know this is a really popular IP that a lot of nerds and geeks um, love very dearly. So, yeah, and it's coming out soon in Feb, I think. So really, we can yeah. watch it for the podcast. We'll do it. I'll we'll do a reaction with you. Yeah, it looks really fun. It looks very like Studio Ghibli style, just very majestic and beautiful and fantasy based. Is this the one? So is this one where there's an et- spoiler, 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 spoiler? There's an ending where one of the characters is revealed to be LGBT, and she and another character like stand before a light and they hold hands. Or is that yeah, the Legend of Korra? Okay, so yeah. that's part of the same universe. Okay, I you, yeah. I worked with someone yeah, yeah. a couple years ago who was talking to me about this anime, Legend of Korra, and said that ending, and she's like, "I don't want to spoil it for you," and I was like, "I don't, I'm not going to watch it." And so she mentioned, "Well, now you're going to watch it." Yeah. Well, now I have to. I love it. I don't mind spoilers on that. But okay, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, number seven, we agree, and yeah. it's a fantastic forecasting. Looking oh, forward to this. I know. I cannot wait to find out what they actually do here, and I pray that it's not going to be disappointing. Okay, so where where do we stand with Fantastic Four casting rumors? Pedro Pascal and Vanessa Kirby as Reed and Sue. How do you feel about that? That's fine. I'm happy with yeah. that. I don't um, think everyone's like I didn't realize that Pedro 
Pascal was so contentious for a casting until mm-hmm. a, a lot of people are not happy with that. A lot of people have definitely been like, why are they casting him? And then I think Vanessa Kirby, there's a lot of good hype for her. I like Vanessa Kirby as casting. I don't really know who Vanessa Kirby is, to be honest with you. I just think she's she looks like she can bring an edge to Sue. And I, I, is she on the crown? Hang on, I should Google this. I was just I was just Googling her <laughs> while you were while you were chatting. Wait, so I don't she, really know who she is. But is she, she I, I think this is for all intents and purposes a done deal. I follow some scoopers like Grace Randolph, and they have said she has said that Vanessa Kirby is basically a done deal. She has accepted the offer. They just haven't announced it yet. And that she's gonna be Sue. Um I, I'm, I mean, yeah, she she's looks in the, the part. Crown. Yeah, oh, I think she's a fun. Who did she play in the crown? I don't know. Look at her. Like, what what do her acting credits say? Who is she in the crown? The crown, the crown. <laughs> oh, she's Princess Margaret. Oh my gosh, she looks very different in these photos. Oh my gosh. Oh, she she's does. fantastic. She does yeah, look like Princess Margaret. Um, I mean, she's amazing as Princess Margaret in the crown. If you haven't watched the crown. So I am that makes me more hyped for her. Wait, do you watch casting. the crown? I I did. I've fallen off around the point where it becomes history that i actually remember living through which is odd <laughs> because you think i'd find it more interesting but i just kind of like fell out of watching it and now like a few seasons have passed but like the early seasons where i didn't know as much of the history to be honest um and now mm-hmm. living in this country like i thought it was really interesting so um and princess margaret i mean such a fun history behind her so um so actually now that you say that even more hype for that i think Johnny Storm is probably one that we're all like because it's he's the one with the most personality, right? So that's yeah. the one where I feel like they need to land really, really well. Um, is there any rumors of who it's going to be? No rumor. I, I think there were rumors a couple months ago. I think we, me and Scott, did a breakdown of those rumors. I'm forgetting who it was. And I think Seth Rogen has been been floating around for the thing. I honestly, the, the casting for those two. I, I don't I'm not as invested as I would be with a Doctor Doom or Sue Storm to be very honest with you, but I think you nailed it when you said it just needs to be an actor with a larger than life personality yeah. for both of those. Like the thing is an iconic Marvel character. I mean, for a period there, he was the flagship Marvel character back in like the 70s, and then for Johnny Storm, you need someone with a larger than life personality. I here's a hot take. I actually like those original Fantastic Four movies with Jessica Alba oh, yeah. and Chris Evans. I think they were fun. I I watched one not too long ago. I want to say during lockdown, and I was like, "It's a they're just fun. They're yeah. It's not Winter Soldier by any means, but it's they're not bad movies. Certainly no. better than The Last Stand, which we got you know around that same time as well. So I was I, like, I have really good memories of those movies. I thought the casting for them was really good. Um, I really yeah, don't I hate. Them. I really don't hate Jessica Alba as Sue Storm. If Neither like, do people, I. If, if they wanted to bring her back as Sue Storm with her fucking fake ass like lenses and her like like uh, bleached hair, but it's not even yeah. like blonde bleach. It's like the orangey bleach in the first movie, and then they give her a wig in the second. I'm fine with it. I really am. I also, by the way, another hot take. I didn't think the reboot they did in what 2016. <gasps> I didn't think it was that bad. I listen. It wasn't. Oh. I know it didn't land well, but I didn't think it was terrible. Yeah, it was. It was bad. Kate Mara's wig was very distracting. I will say, in fairness to all of us who were criticizing that at the time on the message boards, you can tell what the reshoots were based off of Kate Mara's wig. And I've seen Kate Mara IRL, so I, I don't know why they gave her such an ugly I wig. I hated that movie. So 
we won't dawn on it because I want to be positive in this in this um this episode, but that was an awful movie. Another like rumor is the casting of the villain. There, there's speculation that it's going to be Silver Surfer and it's going to be a gender bent Silver Surfer. And speaking of Princess Peach, Anya Taylor Joy sort of being Silver Surfer or just being the main antagonist. I, I'm fine with whatever approach they want for Silver Surfer. I just, for me, Anya Taylor Joy and Marvel. I want her as magic. And because she's like a reality hopping yeah. character, I would just love her to come back as magic. Like just give her give her as much money as she wants. Let her come back as magic. I can I can accept. Like if we can get J. Jonah Jameson back from the original Raimi films, I give us magic back. Just give us Anya Taylor Joyce perfect casting. Yeah. And I mean I'd prefer if they're gonna do that. I'd rather they just do Nova than Oh yeah. Oh um, well, and we talked about this, I think, privately. Nova is such a wonderful character and has never yeah. gotten any of her dues. And she was in the Frankie was in uh Rise of Silver Surfer, and she was just Johnny Storm's girlfriend or love interest. And it's like, no, the character is so much more. Give her a better story. So in lieu of wasting Anya Taylor Joy as just like a villain, like or just a one-off, like make her a central focus for Galactus as 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 Frankie. I would love that so much. Yeah. But they've been sitting on the Fantastic Four for a while. They got to get it right. And as long as they give our boy Doom, right? Exactly. Like, and give us Doom. That is the casting that I am the most excited, dubious, anxious, ex- you know, all those things. Um, okay. There's a lot of rumors of Killian Murphy, but I don't know how much of that is just like yeah. fake and people making it up. I, I mean, I would love that. I think that's I think he'd do a really great job. Um, yeah, I don't. I haven't seen any other actual rumors. So, same. Listen, give us Doom, give us Vanessa Kirby, give us everything. I'm ready. I really want this Fantastic Four movie to be good. Oh, we had to react when they announced the casting. We have to react to it. Oh, absolutely. I will be there with bells <laughs> on, unless it's a bad casting, and then I'll be wearing whatever the opposite of bells is, anti bells. <laughs> what are the opposite of bells? They like they clong instead of clink. <laughs> from from the shame, shame bell. bell from uh from uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. That's yes. what I'm wearing. Oh my god! Wait, did you know there used to be this app where you can put your face on like really like famous clips? And I did it for that scene. Let me see if I can find it really quickly here. Hang on. Oh my god! I have so. Which many- could be exciting for the audience because we're filming. We're we're not even filming for a video for this one. So fine, it's fair a- enough. Wait, but I was yeah. You can send me it after the episode. How's that? <laughs> like looking through the seventy-five thousand photos I have. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no, I found it. I found it. I found it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Number six. What's number six? What's your number six, bitch? So my number six is another non-Marvel one. Um, and very similar to Airbender, it's Dragon Prince season six coming out. Season I have six, no whatever. idea what this is. I, would, oh, I don't even know how would I go about googling day spring. this. Okay, I, so it's the same. It's the same creators as Airbender. It's mm-hmm. their newer cartoon called Dragon Prince on Netflix, um, which is a fantasy, very Dungeons and Dragons esque um, world. You know, um, magic, swords and sorcery, all that type of stuff. It is so good. It's so character driven. I love it. The characters are super lovable. Um, I actually prefer it to Airbender, which is probably gonna get me dragged by a whole bunch of people. 
Um, but I, I just, it's such a fun watch. It comes out and the problem is it comes out. They're about nine episodes long each season. Each episode's only like 24 minutes. So I end up binging it in a single, like the day it comes out, I watch the entire season and then I'm like, oh, got to wait another year for the next one. So I think the next one's coming out in Feb, I think. Feb's so, going to be yeah. a big month for you. You're going to like stay home. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to stay home and just binge until it's your birthday. That is the plan. I am looking at this right now. So the animation looks like the Shira reboot. And I have to tell you, I love the it's on it's on Netflix. Is yeah. it? I love that Netflix does some of these anime, you know, cartoon series because I think they do it really well and there's a good focus on story. Like Shira gets a lot of like bad word of mouth because of the animation because it's very much that Steven's universe animation, but the story is so good. I like the animation personally. But I I think I'm gonna check this out. I'm looking at it right uh, here. I'd say the animation isn't quite as um cartoony as Shira. So it's probably somewhere in the middle. Oh, I'm looking um, at a trailer now. You're right. I'm seeing the the season three trailer but, here. I mean, and it's just like it's just such a good good show. Like it it's got like, you know, a lot of modern representation, which is great. Like there are gay characters. There's characters. Oh, the animation of, you know, is nothing the colors like, like No, so it's um, it's just a fantastic, fantastic cartoon. So oh, if you haven't gorgeous. watched it, any listeners, go watch it. Message me. Tell me if you love it. Um, if you hate it, don't tell me. Don't message me that then. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you haven't, treat yourself. It's so good. I want to be this like diabolical looking like character advisor. No, he's what he has like a purple gem and like his hair is up and he has like a beard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the dad. Um, okay, I want to be wizard. the dad. Oh, yeah. yes, I like the dad. You look like this knight with blonde hair. Oh, that is the biggest compliment. Soren is the absolute hottest cartoon character, and he's such a himbo, and he's so lovable. <laughs> um, you watch it, honestly, you'll like, you'll fall in love with him. Okay, I'm gonna watch this. I'm actually putting this on my list. I'm gonna email myself this so I can look at it when I can't sleep at night instead of messaging you at like four yeah. in the morning. I'm gonna watch this. So okay. this morning, wait, as a sidebar, we're gonna do a little tangent here because we love doing that. <laughs> Um, so Dayspring's messaging me this morning on WhatsApp and we're chatting. And then I have this flash going, it's like 9.30 in the morning UK time. So this is 4.30 a.m. where oh, he yeah. is. Like, And I'm like, why are you awake? Like, why are you messaging me? And you're like, no, I just can't sleep. Like, And then we chatted for a while. And I was like, no. okay, now it's like 6 a.m. Like, you need to go to bed. I know. I... I, I just was a little wired last night and I started cleaning downstairs and then I was getting excited because we're thinking about how we want to decorate the upstairs and then the New York pad. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have my Marvel Legends and everything out. Your number but six. My number six is the X-Men reboot in the comics. I know. So like I've been really kind of all over the place with my emotions on this because Tom Brevoort is taking over the X office and Tom Brevoort historically has not been kind to x-men fans you can cite his form spring and tumblr back in like 2015 i'm still holding that grudge but i'm looking at the other end of it because i think the x-men there's so much hype with deadpool 3 and x-men 97 coming out that a reboot of the comics marvel wants them to do well we want them to do well so if they're going to take a new approach to the x-men because krakoa just isn't performing well I can open up my heart and I can say, you know what? I'm excited for it. I want it to be good. I want it to be good. I'm not optimistic it's going to be good because I think there's some things that have been announced now, like the Weapon X-Men. 
um, you know, mini series that's happening and X-Men from the ashes. And I should be excited for a title called X-Men from the ashes. And instead I'm rolling my eyes with all that said, I have an open heart and I'm excited. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Cause I, I, they have to do something that's going to be good. Yeah. Right. And, and you going to be saying like, that he's been critical in the past or his, his comments. I mean, it's very different when you work on the IP, yeah. right? And all of a sudden you become the fan, the biggest champion. It's like if you work for a rival company and then you switch slides and you're like, oh, now I'm waving this flag instead, yeah. right? So I wouldn't necessarily worry too much about that. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping like, do you know what I think a lot of the problem in the comics is, is that like you get one big event after another, after another, and you have to top things. And I, I call it almost like the supernatural. If you ever watch a show, like, how it was like every season had to be like bigger. And all of a sudden they're like, the villain is God. And you're like, okay, well, you can't beat that. You know what I mean? Um, I love Supernatural. Oh, yeah. I told you, I, I went to, I, I, I saw Jared Padalecki like in 2018 in Austin because he had just opened up his bar. And I have like me and Jeff have a selfie with him. And I like literally he's gorgeous. Ira. I mean, Jensen Ackles is mine. I love Dean. Um, yeah. but, but Supernatural ran its course at season five. Though, no, for me, don't even start with me. Don't right, even start with me. Right. I'm sorry. What, the, 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 what were, I was going to say the Leviathan. What were the Leviathan in season six? Okay. No. The no. Leviathan, yes. It's a write-off <laughs> season. It's a write-off season. I'll agree with you. But like the later seasons are still, they were still a vibe. Like when they get, um, oh my God, now I'm forgetting. Is it Jake? That. Are you thinking Jake? Is it Jake? Is that was the son's name? Oh, what's wait? Which son? Um, like their son in the last three seasons, Jack. It's Jack. Okay, I mean, go. like they were just great seasons. I love the like the dynamic there. Um, so yeah, I won't hear anything of it. That was one of the greatest shows ever. I still love it to this day. Wait, sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. Did you watch the Winchesters? No. Okay, you should watch the Winchesters because there is a very beautiful ending to it. I think it's kind of like a meh, whatever, but the ending to it is so gorgeous and it connects to the larger supernatural okay maybe I will, but it's not good it, but but it's worth the ending the or at least like youtube the ending yeah maybe but, i'll youtube the ending that's probably what i'll do it's all youtube the ending or i'll watch the last episode but it's fortuitous that you mentioned that though about how like it's crossover after crossover and there's so many books and everything has to top it's, itself i was looking at sort of like photos on my phone and i had a screenshot of all the judgment day like books because we were going to review it for the podcast back in like when did judgment day come out like 2021 2022 i'm forgetting but i was like this is not this wasn't a good crossover and on top of that you have like 30 books that are inconsequential and i think that's been the thing with the Krakoan era that I'm just getting nauseated about. Like we we had Inferno, we had Ten Lives, then we had Judgment Day, then we had Dark Web, and then we had Sins of Sinister. Now we have Fall of X, and now we're getting Rise and Fall uh, next month. And it's like, can these stories just breathe? Like it, it is yeah. not a bad thing to let things just breathe and let the X Men just be heroes and stories with lower stakes in them for for a couple months. It's just it's too much. So yeah. If you're going to give the X-Men the mansion and let them be the X-Men, I'm I'm kind of okay with it. I think not I I think leaving and I want your thoughts on this. I think leaving Krakoa is a mistake because I think the Krakoan IP has done really well for the franchise. I think it revitalized the X-Men. I think I mean you and I are here talking about because the X-Men 
were having their minute in the in the comics and it brought so many of us back to the books and having big conversations but it hasn't landed well in my opinion after inferno that i'm kind of happy we're getting a fresh start yeah so i think my time was supernatural i didn't finish my point but you basically hit the nail on the head which is you just need to strip it back and like you said have things with lower stakes have like a run of several months where there's no events and it's just hey it's it's x-men issue 36 and they're fighting Sabretooth and Omega Red. And, you know, and it's character driven and their stories and it's more down to earth and nothing has to be cosmic level threats, world ending threats. Like, and like the Krakoa stuff, I'm off two minds. I think it's really cool. It's really interesting. I kind of agree. And we won't get into rehashing a lot of points you've made around like the world building of it's a little dodgy. But the thing is, X Men 97 is coming out. They're going to come out in the movies. They're not going to do Krakoa. Let's be honest. It's a bit too complicated to do, I think, in movie form. So you're going to want the comics to match up to the the IPs that are going to exist in a more popular capacity. So I don't think it's a bad thing to go back if they're going back to the mansion. I think that probably makes sense. Or like if I was the higher ups, I'd probably be like, that's probably the better you know IP move to make. Um, so I'm not mad at it. And I, and I kind of just want them to go back to more grounded, grounded stories. And the problem with Krakoa is you had all the villains now turned onto the council or like being allied with them. It's like, who do you have as bad guys anymore now? Because all the bad guys are good guys now. And um, yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping they just bring it a little bit more down to um, a much more stripped back X-Men and character-driven. Yeah. Well, one of the things, you know, one of the things I love about the X-Men, them chilling in the boathouse, having a conversation over breakfast after Onslaught. You know, I, I think get those character moments back. And I think this is something curious about not just comic book writers of today's world, but in writers in general. I think there is a lot of drama in small moments. Yeah. Right? There, There's so much. I, I was watching, we were talking about Relakama this morning at 4 a.m. It's There's an anime about it. And there's one episode in particular where one of the characters just cannot come out of her comfort zone. And at the end of the episode, someone asks, hey, can anyone sign this for this UPS package? And she gets up and says, I will do it. And she goes and she signs for the UPS package that comes in. For her, that was a big moment. That is this big leap in characterization because she was shy. She was... so. Having smaller moments like that can be high intense story stakes, especially for the characters. And that's what I kind of want to see with the X-Men again. Give us these high stakes character moments. It doesn't always have to be a celestial coming in to burn the world exactly. and everyone dies. Just give us more grounded stories. Agreed. Hopefully we'll get that with Tom Brevoort. It's worth mentioning that Tom Brevoort, under his watch, we have gotten stories like House of M which obviously, I think they're not well-written. House of M is not particularly well-written, but it has aged nicely within the Marvel canon. Yeah. So hopefully that's what we're going to see. All right. Shall I move on to number five? Yes, go. <laughs> Don't let me rant. I'm keeping you on track. That's, that's the only reason I'm on this podcast, is to, is to keep time. Um, <laughs> number five is, again, we're moving out of the Marvel IP to a broader geekdom. Uh, my number five is The Return of House of Dragons. Okay. Next summer, I believe. Are you a big Game of Thrones fan? I'm not. Jeff is. Jeff is a huge Game of Thrones fan. And I came in at the last season because if there's something I like, I like part. I know it wasn't a good last season, but because I had heard so much, like what's his name? The King Joffrey choking, yeah. everything like that, all these iconic moments, the Red Wedding. 
I was like, okay, ooh, I'm so excited. I love partaking in larger cultural moments. For as, for as critical as I can be about things, I just want to be part of the party. Yeah. So Jeff and I and the boys would sit on the sofa. We would watch it the second it dropped. So much so that my my boss had a book release party in Brooklyn. And I was like, ooh, can't make it. Sorry, it's Game of Thrones night. And he was sassy with me about it. He was here like, oh, I'm so sorry that my book is being released on the night of Game of Thrones. So I'm not... A big Game of Thrones fan, unfortunately, that last season didn't make me yeah, a fan. So and it feel bad for Sophie Turner. She had she was supposed to have a great summer, but that and Dark Phoenix bombed. So anyways. Oh yeah. Um, but you know what? Her character actually one of the bright star like shining moments of the end of the series. So can't fault her for that. Um I was a big Game of Thrones fan, loved it, like massive, massive fan. Obviously, like everybody, I think kind of like the later seasons a little bit fell off. Um, but House of Dragons is so good. I isn't it. i think jeff yeah, watches it, it it came out at the same time as lord of the rings and i remember there's like a big debate amongst my like geeky friends here which is better i think house of dragons is the better fantasy show i think it recaptures kind of the grittiness and the um you know you don't know in any episode one of the main characters could just get killed off um so i am super hyped for it coming back and there are so many dragons in this one they're like dragons right from the <laughs> beginning many many dragons um, You're such awesome. a dragon stand. I didn't realize it until now. But yeah, give me all the dragons. Do you, I mean, D&D and the Dragon Prince and now House of Dragons. Do you have a dragon a tattoo? Do you have a I dragon don't. tattoo? <laughs> Can you imagine? I've got like a D20 tattooed on my ass. <laughs> yeah, I... I listen. If it's good, I will. I will partake in it. I think Jeff did like it, so I I'm all for it. I can't tell you though what I don't know what the plot is. It's like the ancestors of Daenerys's family, yeah, yeah. So, right? Like, okay, spoiler alert, but it's just a synopsis. I'm not going to yeah. tell you what happens, but basically, like the king of the Targaryen family, who are the ones that have the dragons, and this is in the past, so he's kind of ruling the Seven Kingdoms. He, um has well it's like who's the right heir because he doesn't have a son mm-hmm. um and he has a daughter and she's like very strong-willed and he names her his heir but then he remarries with a much younger queen and then she has sons so like there's a you know who's actually gonna get the throne and then of course like any game like in game of thrones you have all these very powerful families that have you know relations with everybody and they have their different stakes as who they want to ascend and different marriages and blah 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 like it's i mean it's fantastic I'm, you know what? You have me hyped. If if you and Jeff are hyped for it, I should partake in these, in, in, in this cultural moment that is House of Dragons. And it's coming this summer, right? Yeah. Season two? Good. Season two? Glad. Mine is similarly a season two. Well, it's part two of season two, which is Invincible, which is currently dropping right now on Amazon. I love Invincible. Do you watch Invincible? I watched season one. Okay. But I haven't started season two yet. Season two and the Adam Eve spotlight are so, so good. I love it so much. I read the comics as they were coming out. I, I want to say it was like summer 2005. Jeff and I were living at the New Yorker Hotel. And I would walk to Midtown Comics. And I would pick up the issue, come back to our our, our, our room and I had a flash poster and City of Heroes on my laptop, and I would just read as I was playing games and stuff like that. So I think the comic is such a celebration of the superhero genre. At the time, it was very groundbreaking. It was sort of dissecting the the, the genre. 
I like the show quite a bit. It's very different from the comics. It's obviously leaning into the boys and sort of that really uh, grotesque, you know, very violent nature, which I don't really remember the comics having that. But really, because I, mean, I think it like, was I've never gory, read the comics, but it wasn't as gory as they have it on the show. Oh, really? Because for some reason, my Instagram algorithm. I think I must have clicked on one too many invincible things, and all of a sudden I get like lots of panels for minutes yeah. that comes up. Awards people that I follow that are posting them, and they're always just like blood and guts and intestines slung everywhere. And I'm like, oh god, this comic is very graphic. I mean, me, I, I have a high threshold for horror and gore, so maybe I just didn't notice it. And and I could also just be reacting to the boys and how in your face the boys is with that that like invincible the comic just sort of pales in comparison to me but the the show is great i love mark grayson so much i think the character is incredible i think this has been such a fun season i think it's a great show i remember thinking one day that we would get an adaptation in the form of a movie i'm so glad they never did like a live action movie i mean maybe one day they will but i'm, I'm so glad that amazon has adapted the the story and and put it in like cartoon format. I think the animation is gorgeous. Everything about Invincible, I just love. How good are we that like is it that we're living in an age where they can make cartoons for adults of these stories that would to do them justice, like and to do live action would you know it'd be so difficult and just to you know you wouldn't be able to have continuing stories because it would just cost so much to make like a single movie. So I'm so happy that like actually a whole bunch of like Netflix and Amazon are embracing just animation to do it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also really grateful that they're taking the time to tell these stories correctly. I, I think one of the things that Kevin Feige has done for the superhero genre that has been so evident is that take your time telling stories, let the, let these characters marinate, let them, let them, build up towards towards some kind of moment and you see that with invincible you see that with a lot of other narratives especially the boys out there so i just love that they're taking the long story format seriously it's not just filler episodes because you know i go back and i look at things like buffy for example and i love buffy very much but there are lots of filler oh yeah you know kind of like you know dead in episodes it was the like American shows back then used to do what like twenty two episodes of season, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now everything is like nine to twelve, so it makes sense. And and I agree with you. All those like kind of CW esque shows of the past, you'd have like the overarching plot. And you'd be like, oh, this is an episode that has nothing to do with the main plot. Like boring. Skip this. And like like Supernatural for all its like amazingness, and I love it. I was always like, oh, this is an episode of the week and nothing to do with the main plot. Like kind of boring, but. But in fairness, I think I think Buffy and Supernatural could be a loophole in that because the actors were so great in those roles, like yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy, Sam and Dean. You know, those those were characters that you just enjoyed watching. So it's kind of like for me, and just like that, I I think it's a horribly written show, but I can forgive the writing of the show because I love seeing Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon. Yeah. I love the new characters we brought in, like Seema. So I can forgive anything that's filler or dead end because i enjoy the actor so much so maybe maybe buffy wasn't the the right example for me but i what i'm trying to say is i love that they take the source material seriously and they're really leaning into into what makes those characters special should we do like a spinoff podcast of and just like that like the next season we'll just do a watch through and comment i literally this morning after we were talking i was watching the episode with bitsy von muffling 
I love Bitsy so much. And Julie Halston, I believe that's the name of the actress. I follow her and I like all her photos from the Power of X-Men account because I just want her to like DM me back. You know? Awesome. <laughs> I'm afraid she wouldn't do it for my person. I saw her, by the way, at a reading. I'm forgetting who the the author was this was back in like 2008 and i was just obsessed with her and i went up to her and i was like i am such a bitsy fan and she's here like well bitsy's gonna be in the movie that's how far this was how long ago this was this was the first sex and city movie and she was she is at the dinner rehearsal anyways that's it do you think scott hamir flink watches and just like that no can you do you really think scott free no that's why took, I said, fires I like, up hbo max or max whatever it's called to watch and just like that and he's drinking a cosmo while doing it no because i was like how funny could it be if we just like the four of us recorded that um but yeah i don't see scott watching it i agree. I, I was waking up at four in the morning to watch those shows as they dropped. And I remember the first episode, I woke up at 3 a.m. and they hadn't posted it yet because of the you know time difference. And I was so upset. It didn't come on to like 3.30. So I'm a huge fan. Anyways, digress. Yeah. Let's move. So our, our next are our four, and I think we agree with three out of the other four here. Yeah. So it's going to be quicker because we, we only have one each at this point. Or we're on the same one, I mean. Number four is Agatha, the Darkhold Diaries, House of Harkness, whatever the show is No, it's Darkhold Diaries, and I'll is tell you Darkhold why. Di- okay, because yes, yes, I was literally just with some friends earlier today, and we were having the conversation of like what the actual title was now, and we had to Google like all the iterations, but it is Agatha, Darkhold House, Diaries. Darkhold Diaries. I love Catherine Hahn so much, and I'm reminded that I have loved Catherine Hahn since How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, because she plays... Uh, Kate Hudson's friend in that she's kind of like the one who's always crying, making all the mistakes that Ka- that Kate Hudson's character sort of bases her 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 I don't want to say prank her her approach to the the column by. I love Catherine Hahn. She is so majestic on screen. She's so elastic with her performance, her voice, everything. Give it to me. Give it to me now. So I'm just hoping that they don't try to make it too serious i don't know like I you think want the it campy yeah i want it really campy and i think the magic of what made agatha so good and so popular was just how campy she was in uh wandavision so i'm i'm a little worried and, and she's just such a funny actress right so it's like oh, if yeah, they don't so lean into that i think it'll be a miss but i'm I'm super excited. I mean, it's witchy. It's Marvel. It's like everything I love. Um, I think the casting looks fantastic. I think we're going to get Young Avengers spoilers. Yeah. Uh, well, so. yeah, let's let we're, we'll talk minor spoilers. These are just rumors or what scoopers are reporting on. But if you want to go in 100% surprise, you know, spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Joe Locke is obviously rumored to be Wiccan. How do you yeah. feel about that casting? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, um, yeah, I have no strong feelings one way or the other. I'm not, and again, I, we were literally, me and my friends were just having the debate of like, do they cast the other Heartstopper guy as Hulkling? Like, would we be pro or con that? I think there are. Kit like, Connor, that's his name. Kit yeah, Connor. Kit Connor. Yep. It, it, like, you ask me on certain days, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, a, it's actually kind of a cute idea. You ask me on a different day, I think it's stupid. Um, I think it's so stupid. In, in, in that. We already have Heartstopper, and they're basically Wiccan and Hulkling in Heartstopper. So you bring in Kit Connor as Hulkling, fine, good casting. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying they don't have the chemistry, but then 
we also have Heartstopper, and that's yeah. two shows. It, and Heartstopper you know is really is? good. It's really good. He just looks so much like Hulkling. Like, yeah. that's the problem. It's like, it's not even a casting where you go, oh, I'd be stupid, and he doesn't look like the character. Like, no, Kit Connor looks more like Hulkling than the other one looks like Wiccan. So, yeah. um, I'm not, I, and he's gotten jacked. That kid has gotten jacked. So I know. I've seen know. I, uh, whatever with the algorithm. Kit Connor at the beach <laughs> keeps coming up on my suggested like posts. I so there, there's this rumor that 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 Wiccan's soul inhabits the body of an LGBTQIA plus oh, character. No. And I'm like, I hope that's wrong. I hope that's just a rumor because WandaVision showed them aging up. At will, so just yeah, you you have it in story already that these characters can age up, so you don't even need to address it in the way that they don't even address why is Brie Larson still in her twenties, thirties as yeah. Carol? When she, it, we we can put it together. That's fine. Just don't do something like that. But well, this I is think, my point of any like yeah. all these things with Marvel mm-hmm. is don't make these fundamental changes to IPs that people love because it's like like the last Fantastic Four movie that we we're referencing mm-hmm. and they're like oh now Doctor Doom is like the metal's part of his body and he shoots electricity and it's completely has nothing to do with who he is in the comics like nobody has an emotional connection to that character because it's not the character anymore so I don't agree. make like you know don't make massive changes like that like just leave the history of who Wiccan Hulkling is from the comics and move it to the screen and people will love it I agree and like the thing is these characters are so special and are so beloved. They have such a big fan base. I mean, Wiccan and Hulkling, this is like MySpace fan page Tumblr accounts stands. We're very passionate and yeah. very guarded with these characters. You gotta do it right. You have to do you have to respect the history. Not only that, Wanda, Scarlet Witch, Elizabeth Olsen, I mean, the fan base is so strong with that interpretation of the character you you have the recipe for success and i'm worried if you make changes to the source material just like play it safe just do the source material verbatim and the only thing that i will say about agatha that's also a red flag for me is that the rumors are this is going to be an adaptation of children's crusade now i don't know what it is with these disney plus shows that they're adapting these really big storylines and they're just not epic or big enough, like they did it with Secret Invasion. Children's Crusade is such a big story in the comics. You're going to waste it on a Disney Plus show. I hope that is just a rumor. You need to have all the young Avengers there in search of Wanda. But Well, unless, hold on, unless the entire show is Agatha gathering the young Avengers... I mean, but, and then and then finding Elizabeth Olsen at the end of it. Yeah. You know I, mean? like, I wouldn't be mad about that. I wouldn't be at all what Children's Crusade was like in the comics. Let's be honest. That's fair. Okay, I you, wouldn't... You, your pitching is making me like the idea. But yeah. I will say Kamala Khan's already assembling the Young Ventures. But if Agatha helps her, because here's the thing. My only like worry, or my red flag, is that Agatha as the main character... I'm not sure how much it's going to work. It's like um, Will and Grace, you know, and Karen. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Karen. Finest character. But if the show was about Karen, it might not be quite as funny as if her as a sidekick, like one liner, you know. So I agree. If the show's Agatha, but it's actually her gathering the Avengers and she could play that kind of like, 
like crazy kooky aunt and I'm a witch and I'm helping you all out and I'm not quite good, but like, you know, I'm down for the ride. That I think would be so much fun. I agree with you. Not everyone can be a Rhoda, right? Like Marion Rhoda, where Rhoda was so clearly a star, give her own series. It goes for five seasons. A lot of sidekick characters are great because they're sidekick characters. Yeah. And that's why they're fan favorites. That's why. So I agree with you. Like the idea of having Agatha, her own series, it very much is a WandaVision season two, right? That's that's sort of what I'm envisioning this as. But I think lean into what you said if they if their approach is truly that it's going to be campy over the top but the, the through line of the story is that agatha is assembling the young avengers and wanda comes in at the end that's perfect that's a slam dunk yeah. that will be number one of like best of 2024 list next year yeah. december 29th 2024 and this is <laughs> when we find out that that's what it was you can that's say it. we called it first to, yeah we called it first all right number three what's number three so number three again one we agree on and realistically, now I'm looking at the list, it probably should have been number two, if not number one, is Deadpool 3. Yeah, I agree with you. It's Listen, the hype is real for that. I, I, I don't know what to say. I think this is going to be the MCU movie that brings the MCU back, and I think it's going to make a billion dollars. There's so much hype yeah. for this movie. There's like such genius. The like, I'm not sure if the leaks aren't just like planned by the studio, let's be honest. Like, I Everything that comes you. out, everybody's like, oh, that is so... Like, the pictures of James Marsden. Were those real? I don't no, know. No, those, those are fake. Oh, those are fake. Those okay. are fake. Those are... But James Marsden, even before these fake photos are online, James Marsden, as early as April of last year, they were talking about him coming back and oh, he was yeah. going in for negotiations. And I told you, I've said this story endless times. Saw Pamka, like, two summers ago... And I was like, you need to be in the MCU. And she just looked at me like that. And I was like, oh my God, she, she's talking to someone at Marvel yeah. Studios. I, at the time, I didn't think Jean. I thought something else. But yeah, I think it's a safe bet that her, James, and Holly are coming back. And I think, like um, again, another thing that we we're looking into today, me and my friends we were kind of looking at articles about it. And it's like, you know, Julian McManus, Dr. Doom is rumored to be in it. Elektra, Jennifer Gardner, like um, Toad and Sabretooth from the original X-Men movies. Like, there's, if if they do it right, like, can you imagine like Deadpool doing like the line, like what happens to a toe to get hit by lightning and like, yes. Ryan Reynolds just like camping that up and, and making a joke about it. Oh, that um, would be perfect. I oh like, my God. Yes. I didn't even think about that. That would be so great. Like if there's anyone that can make that kind of silly stuff work, but even in a serious way is going to be Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. It's just going to be so good. I agree. I, listen, this movie is going to have to be exceptionally bad in order for it to bomb. And I think given the two Deadpool movies we've already gotten, I think it's a safe bet it's going to be a good movie because those two yeah. Deadpool movies are so wonderful. I love Deadpool 2 so much. I'm sad Josh Brolin doesn't seem to be coming back. I think this would be a good movie to have him in. But if you want the focus to be Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds, I mean, how yeah. could you know? And the chemistry that they have together like, is so good. Ryan Reynolds, there just seems to be a lot of goodwill for him in Hollywood. He 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 comes across as a really nice, well-connected human. So I, I'm glad that this movie is good. I think because it's Ryan Reynolds, he can pull favors. Obviously, yeah. like Taylor Swift as Dazzler is a big rumor. I'm not saying she's in it. I'm not I don't want the Swifties coming after us because it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you support her or you don't. But 
I think if he wanted to call up Taylor Swift and be like, hey, can you do like a three-second cameo as Dazzler? I think Taylor Swift would say yes because Ryan Reynolds is that well-liked in Hollywood. So I'm so glad that he's able to pull in his own favors and make a fun movie. I wanted to pull on the thread that you had said, though, about these leaks online and if they are kind of coordinated by the studios. I've talked about this with sources, and this is what drives me nuts when these things get posted and people get angry. People on set have told photographers where they're going to be. They get tipped off. The, the people, people want hype for this movie. And I think, I know Ryan Reynolds released a statement saying, hey, we're trying to tell a good movie. We don't really endorse spoilers. And, and we'll, uh, we respect that. But I think it's all part of a larger social media marketing campaign. And I was talking about this with the Wolverine PS5 light, uh, leaks. Yeah. You, they could have spent, so they were blackmailed. For those of you who don't know, they were Insomniac Games was blackmailed by a hacker group for $2 million. And if they didn't pay them $2 million, they'll release all of these leaks for the PlayStation Wolverine game. Insomnia did not pay it. They leaked it. But damn, the hype. Everyone had such yeah. a positive reaction. They could have spent $2 million on a marketing campaign. People would have just gone over those ads. This is really good. So 100%. I will say... So I will say a larger social media campaign that deals with on-set photos. Oh, ooh, is that Sabretooth? Oh, is that James Marston? It is just adding to the hype of this movie. Yeah. I mean, like those first photographs of Hugh Jackman, the costume, I mean, you couldn't even buy that kind of publicity, right? So No, um, that is wonderful. And by the way, and Ryan posted those himself. So I'm still not <laughs> over the amount of, I had to block a few people because they said such nasty stuff. They, they, they posted it themselves. But anyways, it's fun. We're we're excited for Deadpool three. It's gonna it's seriously gonna bring the X Men to the MCU in a significant way, in a way that sadly the Marvels couldn't. And I love the Marvels very much, and I love that post credit scene. Yeah. All right, number two. Oh, we differ on this one. We do, but it's okay. I'm very irrational with my. Okay, I, I can't believe you didn't take my number two as your number two. But anyways, I'm I'm a little insulted. By that one, so <laughs> well, my. Listen, I love you very much, but the number two for me is Mafex Nate Gray. And I cannot believe that a, 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 a prototype was shown at one of the shows over the summer, and it took a month for it to hit the internet of Mafex Nate Gray. I love the Mafex wave so much. I love all of the characters that we have got in the 90s gene, the 90s storm, Cyclops. They all, these characters look beautiful in Mafex form. They're high-octane 90s figures. And we're getting our boy, Nate Gray. I am so excited. I hope he comes with an Emcron crystal. I know he likely will not, but I cannot wait to hold him in Mafex form. I'm excited, by the way, not just Mafex Nate Gray, because I don't think we'll get Mafex Nate Gray. Even if they show a full-fledged prototype next month, it will still take about a year, year and a half for him to come. So he's not going to come in 2024, but I'm looking forward to seeing the prototype. And I'm excited to see what other Mafex X-Men we are going to be getting in 2024. And I believe Phoenix is shipping in June, which means, because they're always delayed, we'll get her around Christmas. Can I ask a question? Are yeah. these like extra expensive action figures? Yes, they're really expensive. They're like $100 a pop. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they're like $100 a pop. They're really expensive. But listen, I love the 90s X-Men. I love that I say this in the best way possible. I like good style over substance at times. And these are very stylized figures. They look beautiful. You can just, they, they look like they came out of Fleer Ultra. They look like they came right. out of a Jim Lee comic. These figures are 
gorgeous, and I love them so much. I can't wait to buy one and glue him next to my oh, mirror. Well, there is a Cyclops one, and I think they they do have um, an X Factor Cyclops on Big Bad that's on sale right now for like seventy bucks. So you can get that and glue him next to Madeline with Bibi Table. With Bibi, I, I cannot believe you would. Yes, you would actually find a Mayfix mm. figure and super glue him there. You know the, these figures go so much on the secondary market as well. But I mean, is there a price that I could put on making you upset like that? And I'm going to film it. <laughs> like I'll make a reel of gluing it on. so angry. But I don't, you know, we've reached out to Mayfex, the people who do Mayfex before. I've said, hey, we would love to have you guys on the podcast. Just sort of, you know, talk about the line, you know, give some publicity. Because Hasbro is so good at yeah. really drawing media attention. And they were like, we don't do interviews. Thank you for your interest. I was like, <gasps> Wow. And I still love them. And I get bitchy about that. Cite Halston Sage, who told her publicist told us she was Dazzler and Dark Phoenix, who told us that Halston was really busy and couldn't do the podcast. I was like, busy with what? What's her on what's what's on her IMDB these days? Exactly. Nothing since It's gonna be like one of those like um, you know, horror movies that are only on Netflix that's like <laughs> Krampus this Christmas, like, you know, a horror movie that nobody's ever watched. That's probably her career. Halston now, Sage. She'll, now she'll never come on because I just I just dragged her. Yeah, so, well, yeah, because Halston Sage so, is like tuning into this podcast. Yeah. She like can't wait. Who even like, is she? Exactly. I'm Excuse sorry. I mean. Like, listen, I we don't know her, but anyways, I I can be embittered when I get shot down for interviews. But Mayfex, they shot me down, and I was like, you know, what? I still love you guys. Don't worry. Keep doing you. Keep doing you. So number two for me is Mayfex, specifically unveiling Nate Gray. I'm so excited for it. But you have a more enduring one. I know. Mine is New York Comic Con 2024. <sighs> Looking forward to hopefully getting the familia back together, all the Power of X-Men people in New York for another weekend of shenanigans and fun and frivolity. Um, less shots. No, more, more shots. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I have like a great bonding experience between Scott and I is on the first morning. So it would have been what the Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Cause it was the Wednesday night we went out. Yeah. Just going outside where all the food carts are. And both him and I just went, no, no, we're going to be sick. We need to leave. The smell of all this food is, um, is just too much. And then we both oh, that's right. Oh, I'm forgetting. This is when we were walking to meet Michelle because there were yeah. photographers outside. That's where the cosplay stations are at. And you were like, no, no, you guys looked so upset and you wanted to go back in. I was like, fine, whatever. And yeah. now, wow, I didn't know because you guys were feeling nauseous at that oh, time. Oh, yeah. And it was the smell of all the food trucks. And we were both, we both looked at each other. And we're like, we can't do this. And then both Scott and I left. Um, and he grabbed the first cab. That dick. Oh, God. That's... <laughs> he would be like, I'm going to get in this cab right cab, now. Yeah, it was and he goes like this. Like, he goes like this. for yourself. Yeah. for yourself. Goodbye. And he leaves. I love that. I, yeah. I had such a great time. This was probably one of my favorite New York. I've been going to New York Comic Con since it started. Well, I think maybe it's second year with Wizard. So I've been going for like 15 years. And this was probably one of my favorites. Having the Familia there, the team, Jeff. It was just so much fun. And Pedro, I'm sad that Pedro had to work a lot this year yeah. because Pedro, last year, when we when we missed each other, when we missed each other, you saw everyone but me. Pedro was so wonderful. Pedro had water. He had, you know, um, batteries. He told me and Scott how to, like, take photos. Pedro was so wonderful to be around. 
during New York Comic Con. So I hope this year, yeah, he has and I hope everybody comes back because I know it, it is like you know, Mo, uh, Scott is probably the closest other than you, um, yeah. and Pedro obviously who lives in the city. But you know, for Hammy, for me, for Michelle, it's it's a bit of a waste. But I will definitely be making the trip again this year. So hopefully they do too. Um, and yeah, that, hopefully you don't have to work on the night we go out. And I always have to work. Time. For the last few years, I've always had to work in some way, shape, or form during New York Comic Con. I, I I wish I could just tell my boss, like, just don't book me for that weekend. But then I just don't get the money. <laughs> and now she's got two places to support because we have the New York place again, Hoboken place. And that, to me, just makes New York Comic Con so incredibly special that it's in my backyard. And, and it's such well, a special Well, you know what? Fun. Hi, me, Scott, and I had a great time talking about you all night and just like talking shit about you and dragging you at the restaurant. So, um... And, you know, we, one of the, my favorite memories of it was just us like meeting for the first time. I've been replaying it in my head. I, I'm forgetting where you stayed, but you were on like, you were like on upper 52nd of right? Madison. At you were the 52nd Mat. Yeah. And just crossing the street and and finally setting eyes on you IRL and I just put like the biggest smile on my face and I don't give hugs I'm not a hugger and I actually gave you a big hug uh, and you know what the grace was it was the fact that we've talked so much on like FaceTime and on these podcasts and then meeting in real life and it not being any different no. sometimes it's like the it's like the fear right like you meet somebody in real life and you go oh god like we are not vibing but I mean like we didn't stop chatting we went and got wasted through the afternoon the rest of the night is like scene missing for me as day springs like yeah have i got a shot mine is secretly water but yours is vodka well, we um, talked about this we talked about how sometimes we swap out a drink for water because we yeah, don't I didn't think you do it to me day spring oh i'm sorry <laughs> i yeah. mean in fairness i did not because i was so drunk and I had to like raise the red flag for myself mentally. I didn't think you were that drunk. In my head, I'm a lightweight. I know that's so hard for like people to conceptualize, but I really am after two drinks. I'm already wasted. So I do have to pace myself after that. And so that's why I was thinking of myself getting water. I don't know. In my head, I always think of you having a stronger endurance. Well, I did one more. I did, I think, like one or two. Scott and I did. Well, no, because Scott came late to So House. So he was wandering behind us. And then I did one extra drink with Scott. So I was already like a few ahead of you. Okay, and then, yeah. Oh my God, the so rest hard. was history. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Simpson meme that Scott likes to post, which is like scene missing. And it's like yeah. fro frolicking it's in exactly like, the forest. It's exactly that. And poor Hammy was outside Soho House waiting for us. Uh, do you know what, <laughs> you know what actually one of like the saddest things was? It was at the arcade bar, which is where like the memory gets hazy. Yeah. It's like I was so looking forward to playing the X-Men arcade game with you guys. And then like, oh, that's if right. I did, I don't remember, but I don't think I did. You didn't. So, you didn't. You, you had know. left at that point. You were you were definitely done at a certain point yeah. at the night. And the other memory I liked, too, was going to Chris Evans' photo op and confirming that he was, in fact, at the Intercontinental the night of my gig. And well, allegedly, none of us were there to prove that he you're, said you're, that. You're right. Absolutely. But as I was being, you're, I, I'm still lying about it. Chris Evans fans are right. I'm lying. But as I was like, you know, they they usher you out really quickly. And I don't think I mentioned this in my episode because I didn't want the Chris Evans fans to like have some new thing to pull on. But I was like, Chris Evans, clear my name. He's here like, I don't know how. And like the security was like, you yeah. gotta go, you gotta go. It's no longer your time now. So I'm like crazy. And I come out and and Scott and Michelle and Jeff are already there after the photo op. And they were like, No, we didn't hear it. Did he confirm it? I was like, motherfucker. Anyways. It was a fun time. New York Comic Con this year was a lot of fun, and yeah. I can't wait for for this coming year. All right, All right number one. We've done it. This has been a long episode, but here we are. Number one, 
top of the list, the most excited thing for 2024 is X-Men 97. X Men ninety seven. I am so excited for it. I I was talking to Agent M, Ryan Penagos, a couple months ago, and he was here. Like, let me describe to you the San Diego Comic Con footage that was shown, and it's Storm and Cyclops interrogating Gyric. It's Cyclops landing on the ground after the X jet explodes, and him saying, "Do me, my X Men," and all the X Men coming behind him. Obviously, we're good friends with Lenore Zan, the voice of Rogue. She has remained so incredibly like tight-lipped about anything, but she just looks at me. She goes, "Sugar, you're gonna love it." I am so excited for X Men '97. It's just, I think, too, because we're at like the perfect age for it to be nostalgic for us as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Like we grew up as kids with the original one. I remember getting the first VHS, you know, seeing Magneto at the comic store on a VHS and being like, oh my God, what is that? Like getting my parents to buy it for me. Um, and then just being obsessed with the cartoon. So yeah, and, and I think, you know, going back to the comment I made earlier where now studios are making these cartoons with a more adult focus, I think it probably will be written, right? Like, like talking up to kids like you, you always make that point and then making it also for an adult audience because i think they know you know very much like tours like the spice girls do now or any of those like it ain't kids going to watch that it's like 40 year old gay men right so that's who's going to be watching the x-men 97 is going to be 40 year old nerds that grew up with it um so yeah i'm sure they're going to r- take that into account when they're writing the, the scripts and the plots and that's like a blessing and a curse in my opinion, because I, I, I've said this too on the podcast, my worry with with comics right now, and comics in general, with the exception of the MCU, a lot of people are collecting Marvel Legends, a lot of people watching X-Men 97 are older fans. And I'm just not seeing these kids that are hyped for an X-Men cartoon or to collect the action figures in the way that we were growing up. But regardless... Oh, hold on, to your... Wait, hold on. Because I've heard you make that point before. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. is it that kids are just doing it digitally and you're not seeing them at the comic store because they're just downloading them to their iPads? I don't know. Listen, I, I measure everything by my godchildren and my nieces. And I'm like, okay, what are they into? They're really into Jenna Ortega, right? They're really into like Stranger Things. They really talk about that stuff. They watch the MCU movies, but I don't see them wanting like an X-Men action figure. And I think it's the adults who... Who who are if the kids are watching these things, I'm excited for them and I hope it it lands well. But I don't see kids watching like what if, for example. I think it must be. It like I mean, don't I want to see know, the age demographics. I want to see. Don't take a sample down. size of like just your nieces and nephew, right? Because it's like not a very good robust sample size. Um, but who knows? I mean, look, I was at Christmas. I was at my uh, in-laws and my nephew who has five hot action figures. So, you know, some kids are into it. Okay, okay. I think X-Men 97 is going to revitalize the X-Men franchise in the way that Jonathan Hickman's Hawksbox revitalized the franchise. I think X-Men 97 is going to be the Hail Mary, and I think that is why we're going to see the X-Men in the comics go back to the mansion or have a more traditional approach to the X-Men because X-Men 97 is going to be really really good and i'm excited for it wait i I, i'm sad there's so many leaks kind of coming out now and and not even just leaks official reveals like madeline Pryor. we know is going to be in it we know executioner your favorite character you and his favorite character that's super famous popular villain executioner (laughs) 
You um, guys can go check that episode out because we talked about Madeline and Executioner. Well, you know what? When the actual episode comes out where he gets revealed and the first time he appears, Hami and I are going to come on this and we're going to do an official review of that episode. Uh, oh, baby, I we're waking up at four in the morning and we're reviewing these episodes as they drop. I already told Jeff that he has to either be in Miami or New York. We cannot be in the same place because I'm waking up at four in the morning to review these episodes. And oh, four in the morning, my time is what for you? 9 a.m. 9, 9 a.m. So. Yeah, we're going to review them as they happen. I'm sorry, baby. That's just how it is. So you're going to see I'm going to have like this laptop open out. with Zoom on yours and then like my work laptop with like a Teams meeting. And I'll be like, no, Executioner's an idiot. And they're like, sorry, what is this about? And like, Oops, what? Wrong, wrong thing. <laughs> but I think it's going to revitalize the franchise. I think there's going to be a lot of great characters. We know Bo the Mayo. Personally, he's gone to our San Diego Comic-Con parties. We, we talked to him on DMs. He is a great guy. He believes in the franchise. He said that if you're going to work on this on the series, you have to be an X-Men fan. And from what we've seen, the little we have seen, it is it seems to be true. They are X-Men fans, and they are respecting what made the original series so popular while bringing in new elements from the comics. So that is our list for 2024, what we are excited for. Let us know, Familia, what you guys are excited for in 2024. X-Men Marvel Geek Related. Slide into our DMs and let us know. Have a great New Year's, everybody, and happy holidays.